All right, let, let's do this because the Lord, I, I'm ready to preach. I don't know. <laughs> I'm really ready to preach. But before we do that, before we do that, I want to drop a blessing over you. It's not a blessing of, of, of my, my soulless self. It's not a blessing that I thought about while I was creating this message. None of that, none of that. I don't have nothing good to give you. Nothing that I can give you from my soul is good enough to take you through this journey. The only thing I got good for you is what God put inside of me for his people today. All right? So I want us to, to take a second and put your hands out like this. We lay our hands out in a sign of posture, of surrender, knowing that we're about to receive a blessing from our God. Not from me. Not from this church, from God himself, all right? And I want to pray this prayer over your life that the Apostle Paul prayed over the church in Ephesians. This is an apostolic prayer declaring spiritual blessings upon the people in Ephesus. So I want you to take a second. Close your eyes. We need to be in this place one moment and completely connected with God in another. So just whatever it is that you need to do, whatever it is that you posture, is it his feet? Sometimes I, I feel myself wrapped around his arms. Whatever it is, just take a second before I declare this blessing over your life. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 15 to 21 says, Therefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may to you, may give to you the spirit of wisdom, Somebody right now, receive that in your hands. Receive that in your spirit, that the wisdom of our God is falling upon your life right now. The wisdom that you need to go through whatever it is that you need to do for whatever decision you need to make. The blessing, the wisdom of our Heavenly Father falls in your hands today. Believe it. Receive it right now. Believe it. Receive it. I say it again. Receive it. There's wisdom falling in your hands right now. Father, in the revelation, in the knowledge of Him, and the eyes of your understanding today be enlightened. Today, Father God, we open up the eyes of your people into a different realm in the spirit. Enlighten our hearts. Enlighten our understandings. That you may know. He's speaking directly to you, son. He's speaking to directly to you, daughter. That you may know what is the hope of his calling. What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? That is you. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe? According to the work of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he, was, when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places. Today I see people being switched into heavenly places. I don't know where you've been sitting, but today I declare that the Lord takes you from wherever you're at and puts you in a heavenly place. Thank you, Father, for that prayer, Lord Jesus. Thank you. Father, we declare and we believe. We believe. Church, do I have a church that says I believe? Amen. Amen. 
And then I'm going to blow your minds real quick. That wasn't for you. Oh, my God, what was that? That wasn't for me? No, no. I serve a generational God. I serve the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. What are you saying? So Abraham, when Melchizedek blesses you, it wasn't even for you. It even wasn't for the son you waited for for 30 years. It even wasn't for the son you, who, who will build the wells for your people that we will still preach about today. It was about a great-great-grandson who had to take his people from almost falling into existence. That blessing was for his son Joseph who would run in the government in Egypt. So what I want to tell you that for? Where prayers are too small. We're not believing enough. I'm believing in a God to do some amazing, incredible things that will blow our minds. The word says, eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man. The things that God has for though he loves. So why do I say this? There's a, there's a great, great grandchild waiting for you to get it together. There's a, there's a great, great grandchild inside of each and every one that we're about to position into a place, into a, a place of government, into a place that, that, that's beyond our understanding. There's a, there's a grandchild inside of us that's about to inherit a business that's a million dollar business and take it into a trillion dollar business. Oh my God, I don't think y'all heard me, Lord Jesus. Tell them, it's not about you. It's not about you. I serve a generational God. This vision's not even big enough for our pastor. And I know he knows that. It's too big. The things that God wants to do for you, it's too big. Why do I say that? It says that the Lord sealed you. He authorized you. He appointed you. We need to move beyond our mundane prayers. Father, thank you for this bread. Thank you for, for, for getting us through this day. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Amen. There's a place in the spirit that the Lord Jesus Christ wants to take you into and wants to start revealing to you the path that you're going to start marking for that great-great-grandson, for that great-great-granddaughter in your life. You're a daughter. You're a son. You're a queen. You're a king of the most high God. Can we start praying like that? Can we start believing like that? Can we start believing? Lord, Lord, I, I, if you're asking for a baby, ask for a house to put her in too. If you're asking for a house, ask for a two-car garage and say, hey, Lord, put two nice whips in there for me. And, and I'm not just talking about material things, but it's nice to have good things. If you're asking for a spiritual blessing, say, Lord, this is beyond me. This is beyond me. Give me a vision. Give me a dream. This is beyond my understanding. So when I feel like quitting, I remember that great-great-grandson, Joseph, that was freeing his people. Oh, Father, thank you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. All right, all right I'm going to sit down now. Can I sit with you? Can I talk with you? I'm going to declare these verses, and I'm going to let you all sit. Okay. We're going to be read, I'm going to read two verses. It's going to be up here on the board. 
Well, everybody's gathering together. My name is Alex Jimenez. I love this church. I love my pastors, and I thank you for the opportunity, pastors, for letting me just present the word that God has in my heart for your people. I truly feel blessed and honored to be before you. If you would have seen me four years ago, you would have been like, no, not that guy. Not that guy. Not this guy here. But I, I just, I surrender my life onto God. I surrender. I say, you know what? Your ways are better, Lord. No more fighting. No more running. And I gave up. I gave up trying to take things into my own hands. And I, I just, I feel so honored to be here before you. Me and my beautiful wife, Maji, here. Uh, I thank you. I thank you, Lord, for, <laughs> you know, everybody thought I married her because of her beauty, but it, it really was the food. <laughs> I came and one day she cooked and I said, okay, girl, I'm going to put a ring on it. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'll put a ring on it. But if I would have started today, I was like, Lord, send me a woman who prays. Send me a woman who fasts. Because honestly, the prayers, the fasting, the lonely nights crying that she went through to see this day come. You only see the end picture or in the between of the movie. And I thank you, Ma. I thank you for everything you've done. I thank you for, for standing in the gap for your man. I thank you for throwing oil at me while I was sleeping. <laughs> All right. All right. I'm telling you. I woke up to some weird things before, but thank the Lord she did it. That's all I say. All right, let's read the word of God. Enough about us. Youth, I love y'all. Youth, I love y'all. Man, your growth. Oh, my God, your growth. The hunger, the desire. Can we give a round of applause for our youth? Let me prophesy from now. In this season coming... 2020, you're going to start seeing our youth elevate into a level that we have not seen before. We're going to start seeing the birth of teachers and pastors and evangelists and prophets. Oh, Thank you, Jesus. I love y'all, TDPYN. All right, let's do this. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 through 12, and we read the word in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Reading out of the NIV version, it says, finally... Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. It says, verse 11, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand <clears throat> against the devil's scheme. There is a devil for whoever knows. Whoever knows. We're gonna, we might have to we're gonna speak a little bit about him. But remember this, I preach a very, very big God and a devil that's under our feet. All right? <laughs> So for the, for the person's like, oh, we're going to talk about the devil today a, a little bit. It, it, the word of God says it. All right, so we're we, we going to talk a little bit. But know that he's under your feet. He only has the power and authority that you allow him to have. All right? If you only knew, if you only knew how much authority and dominion you have, Sometimes we would, I, I, I say I wouldn't have been in the places that I, would, that I had. Just know that today. If you don't take anything else and you snooze for the rest 45 minutes or hour and a half, I'm just <laughs> That you have power and authority and whatever 
Whatever you have given him, you can snatch it right back. Amen? All right, let's go back. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the power of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly realms. All right, now we're going to skip to Isaiah 59, verse 17. One of my favorite books, The Eagle-Eyed Prophet. I just want to share this little keynote. Imagine this. God has you prophesying. And you never get to see one of your prophecies come, come alive. How hard would that be? Isaiah, they would call him the eagle-eyed prophet because he was so far ahead of his time. That's tough. It's hard enough to prophesy about something that's going to happen in six months from now. <laughs> Imagine that. All right, so here we are. Isaiah 59, 17, it says, He put on the righteousness as his breastplate and the helmet of salvation on his head. He put on the garments of vengeance and wrapped himself in zeal as a cloak. I'm going to read that last one one more time. And he says, he put on the garment of vengeance and wrapped himself in zeal as a cloak. Father God, in the name of Jesus, Father, we thank you. We thank you for bringing us together here. Father, thank you, my God, because we know there's something magical, miracle, or wonderful is going to happen in this place today, my God. We know, my God, that you're going to far exceed our expectations, Father. Remove anything that I try to say, Father, and only say what you want to say today, Father God. Father, have your way. We give you an advanced praise, my God, for everything that's about to happen, Father, for every chain that's going to be broken, my God, for every bond that's about to be released today, Father God. Father, we give you, my God, all the glory and all the honor, my God. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 So I want to preach to you today. As a matter of fact, I want to talk to y'all out of this subject. It's called the place of armed soldiers. Oh. Give God a round of applause. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to go right into it. All right. Matthew chapter 13. By far. One of the most powerful parables throughout the whole four Gospels. And why do I say that? Because this was one of two only parables that, God took, that Jesus himself took his time to explain. Right? It was this, the parable of the, of the sower and the seed. And it was the parable of the weeds. And we have to take, it, we have to take in consideration if every other parable... He did not take his time to explain. He's like, why would these two? And this has been ministering to me since last year. And, I said, and it talks about a, a, a farmer going and sowing seeds. Parables were just simple stories that we will understand in our human self that will bring divine principles, heavenly principles, right? Everybody with me? Don't fall asleep. I promise you're gonna, it's going to connect real nice. <laughs> um, so here, here's this sower. Here's this farmer. And it talks about dropping the seeds along the path. And he says that the birds came. The birds snatched it up. Then, the, then the, he sowed his seed on rocky grounds and then on thorny grounds. And then finally, finally, it said that the seeds fell on good fertile ground. Going halfway through the chapter, verse, verse 18, Matthew chapter 13, verse 18, Jesus takes his time after his disciples asked him, why, 
do you speak in parables? He says, because on, I speak to, onto them in, in mysteries. Because only you will understand. He said, you have access. You have access as a, as a child, as a, as a son and a daughter. You have access to kingdom principles that this world doesn't have. Right? So he kept going. And then what really blew my mind was this. He says, he explains that along the side, it was the seeds, and he would give the explanation that it was just people passing by, but their hearts were, were hardened, and they didn't receive the word. The seed was the word of God, that the birds came, and then even Jesus spoke about the devil. He said the devil came and snatched it right out, right? And then he goes on about rocky, rocky grounds, and then the rocky grounds, it said that it didn't have enough debt to grow fruit. And then he says that, that, the, that the seed in the, in the thorn, that the seed will, will, will be choked, by the worries of life. Can we be honest? Like I've been, I said, Lord, I've had some thorny grounds before. Right? Like anybody here? Like just don't, just look at me. Just we good. Right? Amen. But then finally he goes, yeah, on good fertile ground, some produce a hundredfold. Some produce sixtyfold. Some produce thirtyfold. And that got me right there. And it might be, uh, uh, it might not be the direct message, but it was a direct message to me. And, and if God is tugging at you with the word, because the word is alive and active and it can speak to you in a whole different way that it can speak to your brother on this side. I said, Lord, why is it that somebody still on good fertile ground can produce a hundredfold, the other one 60 and the other one 30? I don't understand, Lord. Okay, and I'm going to cut that spirit of religion right now in the name of Jesus. Whoever's thinking, oh, we're not supposed to compare each other. All right, awesome. Remove that. Now, you can self-reflect it. Lord, why is it that every time I'm in good fertile grounds and I feel like I'm about to take another step into a different level in the kingdom, something holds me back? Why is it that every time I'm about to get that promotion at work, Somebody else gets it. Why is it every time me and my husband and my wife or whoever it is and our children are praying and the house is full with the Holy Ghost, something happens and we don't pray no more together. And we're not reading no more together. What is it? Hey, and I keep going, why is it that one moment I feel like I'm on top of the mountain with like Moses and the second moment I said, Lord, just take my life. Come on, can, can we have some real people here? Because I'm just talking about experience right now. And I said, Lord, I feel like I'm going to be real. I'm stuck in this 30, and I've seen your glory. You have used me to prophesy. You have used me to heal. You have used me. You have used me. But I'm still here. You can talk to your father this way in a, from a good place. All right? I'm just hyped because I'm from New York, and I'm Dominican. I'm just loud as from naturally. <laughs> Right? <laughs> but have you ever thought about that? Take a second. Reflect your own life. I don't got to give more examples. Right? It just feels like you're just having that breakthrough in, 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 in school. And you're having that breakthrough in your relationship. And you're having breakthrough in ministry. And you're having breakthrough. And the numbers are going up. Pastor, and, the, and the finances are going up. And something happens. I said, Lord, I want to step into a different glory. And he, and he took me, he took me to talking about with Moses and, and the tabernacle, right? It says, outer courts, inner courts, holies of holies. 34, 64, 
Wonderful. Only certain people were allowed. Only the priests. All right, but that's it, right? Nobody wants to talk about Old Testament because that's Old Testament. That, but it's, it's, it reflects, it connects. That's not my, my, that's not my assignment, but I'm just letting you know the little, little sneak peeks for what's to come. Um, 34, 64, 100 Lord, why, why, why? I, I, need to under, I need to know what I need to do. I need to understand what I'm doing wrong. I need to understand where do I prepare myself so I can finally step out of just being, this is me. You could call yourself whatever. I'm saying, Lord, I don't want to be mediocre. I'm talking about me. Please, no offense. I'm talking about me. I don't want to be mediocre. I want to step into a different realm with you, Lord. I want to do things that I thought I would never do because of the power and the glory that flows through you inside of me. Right? I think about, just real quick, I think about when Samuel went to go um, anoint King David. He said that the elders, these are people in, in, in high, high seatings, that the presence of God was so strong on them, on Samuel, that they, they would tremble. And I said, man, that's a hundredfold right there. I don't know. Right? So here it is. And I kept seeking, and I kept asking, Lord, I know, and I've gotten great answers from great people in high seats in the kingdom, but it wasn't enough because I was the one he was tugging at. So I want, first thing I'll tell you today, don't push aside something God starts tugging at you. Because it might be today is me up here with this revelation. Tomorrow it could be you with your revelation. But we got to wrestle. Because how many times do you think I just want to throw in the towel and say, you know what, throw on Netflix, ma. <laughs> you know what, ma, let's go to downtown Disney. No, these take sacrifices. And it takes, let me tell you this, the anointing is brutal. You tired, but you can't sleep because he's tugging at you at 3 in the morning. You broke, but he wants you to give. Oh, my. I canceled the broke word, but I, you know, we all been there. You know what I'm saying? Like, come on. The anointing is brutal. It takes, it costs something. And I kept tugging and I kept fighting. Lord, what is it? And I heard this voice inside of me. It says, son, we're in a war. You are in a war. Brothers and sisters, if you like it or not, our world right now has never been so cold. The hearts of men have never been so cold. People are denying God that spirit of the Antichrist is flowing through our city like never before. Anti-anointing. No, we're not waiting for this one figure. This, that spirit is clearing out our churches. We got people serving God for decades. Talking about seeking for truth. Last time I remember, the spirit of truth is inside of me. Said, Lord, what is it? What is it? He says, Son, we're in a war. We're in a war. Look at this. Look at this. And this is just, man, this blew my mind. Look, I don't know. I don't, these are, are, are just stats that I was able to pull up. This was from the CDC. They surveillance report that from 1970 to 2015, 45 years, 4,789,000 plus abortions have been recorded. 
and that's four, we're missing four years. We're talking about 40, almost 46 million. Now look, look at this, and I, and I kept this list short because I didn't want to just be the bearer of brand news in here. Like, we're going to talk some good stuff too. But look at this. On any given day, nearly 60,000 of our youth under the age of 18 are entering into a juvenile, a juvenile uh, uh, center, are being, are being put behind bars. It, it gets even worse, right? If, if that wasn't worse enough, right? Look at this. In 2017, just two years ago, recorded 2.1 million high school dropouts. I could keep going, but I'm going to give you the last two because look at this. More than 40% of college graduates that means you bust your tail when, ate the books, take a job out of your career because you couldn't find any work. 40%. Boston College did this, 68%. This was done in 2015. The 68% of students never go back into their field because they're, they're not paying them enough to pay, the, pay Sally Mae. And I'm not knocking school. I'm knocking the system. I'm not, I, I'm, a, I'm a big believer of academia, right? But man, but this one broke my heart because this one touched home. This one really touched home. And some of the others have as well. But this one, look at this. If you're married in America, your marriage is likely to end up in divorce 40 to 50%. That's brutal. And you would think that the, the body of Christ would be different. You'd think that the, the statistics would change between the body of Christ. It is the same number for Christian marriages. The book of Ecclesiastics talks about us, that there's a time for peace and a time for war. There's a time right now that we have never been more, we needed to be more ready and more suited up in our spiritual armor, that like this time right now. John 10, 10 says that the, that the devil, yes, the devil's real. You can't believe in God and not believe in the devil. You can't believe in light and not believe that there was darkness. It just doesn't make sense. Right? You can't have one without the others. You can't believe there's generational blessings without generational curses. Come on. I'm sorry. I'm just here to bring an awareness because it's time to fight. It's time to fight. It says, John 10, 10, the, the devil's out. It says that, that the thief only comes to steal, kill, and destroy. All right, now let's take a second. And what, what, what is he trying to steal? What is he trying to kill? What is he trying to destroy? Because we need to stop rushing through our word. We need to sit in front of it and let it come to life. We need to dig ourselves so deep in there that, that your wife got to knock on the door, come out. And not, not overdoing it. You know what I'm saying? You got to spend time with your family. I'm just saying. <laughs> just making it clear because sometimes people take it very literal. Like, this is all I got to do. But there's, there's times where you got to disappear in the presence of God so there's a power that produces while you're with him. Yeah. So what is he trying to steal? Remember that parable of the seed? The Lord is trying to steal. I mean, the devil's trying to steal the word that the Lord has put in your heart. He's trying to steal that seed. 
Because that's what produces the fruit. That's when we, we're in attack. Oh, man, I'm, I'm, I'm going to fast forward into my message. But what the, he's trying to steal your seed. He's trying to steal the word that was prophesied, that was spoken over your life. Even when you were a little boy, like that boy right there. And I didn't understand. And I said, hey, leave me alone. No, no, not me, not me. I don't want that. He's trying to steal that. What is he trying to kill? He's trying to kill our faith. You wouldn't believe the amount of people that have lost their faith in God. He's trying to kill our faith because we'll be paralyzed in the kingdom or in the spiritual realm without our faith. What is he trying to destroy? Have we thought about this? What are you trying to destroy? He's trying to stop your divine destiny. Write that down. I will not allow the enemy to destroy my divine destiny. Amen? Right? So even the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11, he talks about it. He says, don't be naive. Don't be foolish. That the enemy has plot. He has schemed. You, you know, there's, there's something about the word scheme that, that, that gets me tight. It gets me mad. You know what? It gets me upset. And I'll tell you why. Yeah, exactly. That word, when, we, when, you're, when you're in New York or wherever you're from, up north, it's something about when somebody does you wrong, right? Like, you can, like it, it, it takes a lot to you to forgive them, and, and you go through some things, and you can rekindle that relationship. But when you know that you had a brother right next to you scheming, scheming, that means he was studying who you are. He knows your weaknesses. He knows your strength. Homeboy was plotting. That's what I would say. He was waiting for the moment to strike. First Peter chapter says he's, he's, he's wandering around like a, like, a, like a lion, seeking, seeking. That means he's waiting. When can I attack? We're in a war. We're in a war, but, but sometimes we don't want, we want to be naive about it. Sometimes we don't want to focus on that. And the Lord says, there's three kinds. We could fall in three groups here. And I've been in all three. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> Sound like a setup. <laughs> right? Look at this. He says, first thing I want you to know, we have to know who we're fighting. You got to know who you're fighting. But before all that, it was a reason why I poured. The Lord led me to pour a spiritual blessing because there's a spirit of adoption that you have and you have access to that nobody can come against you. The wars can come. The weapons can form. And they will form. But they will not prosper. Know your enemy. Because he knows you. He knows who you are. And sometimes he knows some of us a little bit more because we're moving. And he's fired up right now. If you only knew from October 31st, from that Bible study, Pastor, when you said, let's go ahead and we did the prayer. And you said, I, I, I know you've been studying about the armor. Go ahead. He turned it up. Seven times more. Because he didn't want me to come here. But I said, uh-uh, I'm about to step into my 60. <laughs> oh. 
joke. I'm sorry. <laughs> I got excited because if you only knew what it took to be up here and preach out of a place of power. <laughs> if you only knew. So here are the three, here are the three seats. Look at this. Seat number one. I gave my life to God and I said, I'm going to ignore the devil. I'm a son of God. He got that. The battle's his. The battle's his. I'm going to ignore him. Surely he will go away. Surely the, the storms will not come. I'm going to ignore him. And we all know where that gets us. Ignore to change the oil on your car. <laughs> I'm going to just leave it right there. You're going to be on 192. Hey, praise Jesus. <laughs> uh, on another spiritual level, let's get back, right? If we ignore, we're just getting dug deeper and deeper. And that's why you have people walking out of this place. Because this doesn't work. This doesn't work. I came, I served. I sacrificed my time. I even gave my tithes, you know, because he said I will be stealing. <laughs> yeah, you are stealing if you ain't giving it. I'm just saying. I, I'm a big believer of tithing and offering. That opens spiritual doors over your life. Even when you don't got it, find it. <laughs> I'm just saying. Right? Let's keep going because I, I know y'all don't like that one, but yeah, I know I, I didn't like it either. But here's the second one. Can y'all strap your, your spiritual buckles in real quick? Because this one's going to hurt a little. Sp strap it up. Those that just focus on God. <gasps> what? <laughs> exactly. That's what I thought. Those that just focus on God. <gasps> that doesn't make you immune to the warfare. And I could take you through the trip of King, uh, of King David's life. He was anointed king. And he was still rejected. And he was still cleaning up after some stinky sheeps. And he was still being taunted and rejected and, 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 and being looked down at as an anointed king sitting in the heavenly realms as a crown on his head. But what happened? It kept coming. And he kept being the errand boy. You, you're not immune to it either if you just focus on God. You still got a war. You see, when, when I gave my life to Christ, I thought that it was all uh, uh, down green pastures and it was all cool and fun and games and chilling and barbecues after Sundays. <laughs> and, and please just keep the buckle on because it, it's going to get good. All right, please don't walk out. And I know I was there. I was like, Lord, I'm focusing on you. What happened? What's going on? Things are falling apart. Here's the third one. Those who know their God. Those who know the power of their God. But here it is. Those who choose to fight. It's that simple. You were waiting for this bomb. No, it's that. You have to fight. You know how much me and this woman of God fought for our marriage? Even when she told me, no, go to the retreat by yourself. I'm done. 
Even when I felt like digging in that phone list and calling the connect, you, you should know that. If you don't know that, you, won't, you don't need it. And calling the connect and be like, hey, boy, I'm having a rough time. Nissan, got $20. What can you do for me? Yeah. No, no, we being real. I don't hold nothing back because I know where God took me on. And people need to stop holding their testimony. The word says that by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. If you don't believe me, go to Revelation chapter 12. That we will overcome. Amen? Amen. So let's, all right, I think I, I'm, I'm done almost with my introduction. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Everybody's like, yes, I'm about to hit the road. Yes, he's like, next time I got you again. <laughs> all right, no, no. All right, let's recollect. Any war we're in, as the way we know our enemy, the way we know our God, we got to know the weapons that we fight with. He says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty through the pulling down of strongholds. There's spiritual weapons access that you have access to as a son and a daughter. And I keep selling, telling you this because sometimes we forget who we are. I'm a king. Can you say I'm a king? I'm a queen. I have rights. I'm an heir. The spirit of adoption is upon me. We forget because of the worries of life. And right before you step in, that thorn comes and just comes, takes that good ground from you. So know your weapons in any fight. You can't go into, let's talk about spirit, let's talk about natural weapons. You can't go into a gunfight with a knife be done. Done, son. <laughs> Honestly, you can't go against somebody who has a bat. Well, you can, but you're going to get hurt, mate, most likely, and you're coming in with your Vaseline on your face. <laughs> the bat's not going to slip that much. <laughs> right? So we got to know our weapons. And God gave us, God, he allowed us the word of God to show us all the different weapons. So today, my main focus, giving you spiritual warfare 101. 101. Amen? 101. Say that. All right? So here it is. We have the Apostle Paul. And I got to lay this down to you because I know that this is going to help somebody because it truly helped me. Here is the Apostle Paul writing to the, to the, to the church in Ephesus, one out of four letters that he wrote in prison. They're called the prison letters, all right? So he's writing about an armed soldier. He was in prison. Stay with me. Armed soldier. He was in chains. So guess who was guarding him? A Roman. Yeah, with me? Who was guarding him? A Roman. So here, why do I say this? Because the revelation about the armor of God comes upon him because of what he saw. And too many times as the body of Christ is, is this me or is this God speaking to me? And, and I'm going to drop a key for you. God can't speak to you with nothing that's already not already inside of you. I'll share, I'll share a small story. I used to be in the serving business, 
and I had a dream, and I'm, I'm here, and, and the, it was crazy. I'm talking about the, the restaurant was packed. And, and, and I was going, I like to give people good service. Even when you come to my house, I like to serve you. I want to get you water. I want to get you a napkin. You, can I take that plate out of your hand, sister? Come on, do, anything else? You want some flan? You want some leche? I got you. <laughs> right? So, but in this dream, hold on. Don't let me, I'm not going to lose my thought. Come on, though. Holy Spirit, let me help me. All right, so in this dream, <laughs> in this dream, here I am. The restaurant, what we would call weeded, means that we're, we're out, it's out of our control now. And, and I like to give good service because that's who I am. I go out to restaurants. I like to tip good when I get service, and I tip okay when I get bad service because I've been in the industry. So the Lord, I wake up, and, and, and I'm like nervous. I say, I don't even work there no more. Why am I like this? And I gave the people bad service, really bad service. He says, son, don't ever give my people bad service. And I was preparing for this message. So how can God speak to you with something that's not already there? Here, here, here's the Apostle Paul, God giving him the revelation of the armor of God with an, with an armed soldier right before him. So can we stop doubting, not jumping, not jumping to conclusions, but seeking, Lord, what was that? I just saw myself giving bad service. God will speak to you, her in a different way. God will speak to my man Josh in a different way. So be careful who you ask to interpret your dreams. Because it might not mean the same thing. We talk different languages sometimes. And that's why sometimes we got too many people getting divorced because they're not talking the same language. So what do you take from that? If, the God, if God is starting to open, unravel your spiritual eyes and ears and prophetic gifts or, or, or just gifts in general inside, the Holy Spirit is revealing, don't second guess yourself. For seek God. This is another key for you. God always speaks to me in threes. He will always confirm before I open this big mouth. Because <laughs> it gets you in trouble, right? James talks about it. That we could tame a lion, we could tame a bear, but this is the most evil. Does the most damage. So I wait. Lord, what is this? You showed me if I have a word for somebody. Lord, I seek and I seek. Lord, don't let me get out of time because I love what Pastor Tanya said. Delay obedience is disobedience. It's still disobedience, right? So I said, Lord, show me. What is it that you want to, what do you want me to do? Sometimes he shows you stuff and you keep your mouth shut and just pray and seek him, and intercede, and stand in the gap for your brother, because one day, it just might be you in the hospital with your son. And you have an army of intercessors by your corner. Amen? Last thing I'll put on that note, so we could get through this, because, man, the introduction is still here. Um, <laughs> casualties of war. If you go to war... It says that one second, one slight off the shot can bring thousands 
to death. So why do I say that? Stop second-guessing yourself when you know God has been speaking to you. And let God's boldness and courage come upon you and act. Somebody's life could be on the line. A brother's and sister's child could be lost almost. And you're holding it back. Because you don't know if it's you. And I understand it's a big concern. I was there. I've been there. Like, Lord, is this you or is this me? Or maybe it was the movie I saw last night. Yes, God can use movies to speak to you too. But be careful what you're watching. Amen. Be very careful. All right? Did that bless you? Amen. Amen? All right, let's do this. All right, armor of God. We spoke about Paul. Now we are. We're going to go back to Ephesians 6.10. All right? So it, Ephesians chapter 6. Verse 10, it says, finally, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. When anybody starts with finally, he's ending, most likely, right? Unless he's a preacher. <laughs> and he's still on his introduction. <laughs> but here it is, because throughout the first five chapters... I want to give you a little context. He's pouring out. He's strengthening the new believers, encouraging them, telling how happy he is. By the way this letter was wrote, it can tell that he had not been back to Ephesus. So he was, he was so joyful about them. He wanted to give them this, how the kingdom church should work like, how they should function, how husband and wife should treat each other, how, how mother and daughter should treat each other, father and son. And talk about spiritual blessings and gifts to walk that you've been sealed, authorized, and that the spirit of adoption is on you. Remember that. Here it is. Finally. So he says, all right, I blessed you. I gave you good stuff. But now it's time for war. He says, finally, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand. Whose stand is it? Whose stand? Thank you. I was waiting. You see my youth is, your youth is on it, man. Right? It's your stand. The, the battle's already won. But if you don't show up to the fight, <laughs> number one rule of success, be present. Write that down. All right, here it is. Put on your forearmer so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and against the authorities. Against the powers of this dark world and against spiritual forces of evil in heavenly realms. So this is the issue right here. This, is a, this was a shot fired towards his people. He says, why are you fighting your brother? Why are you fighting your sister? Why are you fighting your husband and your wife? Why are you fighting your children? He says your fight is not against flesh and blood. But automatically, oh, I can't stand them. Oh, my God. But I'm saved now, right? And we go into these carnal weapons. We need some women to start dropping oil over their husbands while they sleep. <laughs> We need some mothers that will start going through some clothes and dropping <laughs> verses on them. 
Oh, you thought you thought it started with her. It, it was a mother who was praying for their spouse. My wife already praying for for both of my children's our children's uh, uh, spouses. It starts with knowing your enemy going again. Who are you fighting? I need you to get this because if we can get this, we can stop this division in the body of Christ. Can we work in the same ministry and be united? Can you be up in this altar singing with your sister and holding hands and rejoicing in the Lord and not worrying about who hit a higher note? Can we worry? Oh, I can't preach like Pastor Ezekiel. But guess what? I'm not him. He's the leader, and I respect him. But if I try to be like him, I'm cutting myself short. I didn't come here to preach like nobody. I came to be real and give you word from the kingdom. We need to know who our enemy is and stop fighting against flesh and blood. I said, man, I could close out right there because we, that's our biggest issue in the churches now. It's the division. That's the biggest issues in our homes. Can we get some women that will start kneeling down and start praying for their husbands or their children? Can we get some fathers that are prayer warriors and faster warriors as well? That said, no, no, you can't have my son. You can't have my daughter. I don't care what it looks like because I remember a promise that said that if I lead my children in the ways of the Lord, that they will never depart. So, devil, I don't care what it looks like. I don't care. Not against flesh and blood. Not against flesh and blood. Tell your person next to you, not against flesh and blood. Not against you. Not against you. <laughs> not against you. So please, next time. All right, let's catch up. Let's get back because I want to finish on time. I I'm going to try because I, I have two revelations for you. And I'm going to try to skip through the armor as fast as I can because it's impossible for me to sit here and talk to you about something that God's been pouring into my heart since December of last year. I can't. I'm sorry. I would love to come back. Part two. You never know. We'll, we'll see you soon. Uh, but <laughs> here it is. Verse 13. Right. Therefore, put on the form. Here it is again. This I got to make this emphasis and I was going to wait. But the full armor. Let me read this because I don't want to mess it up. Each element of your armor works with the other to offer complete protection. You can't be like, you know what? I'm going to grab that helmet, and I'm going to leave my sword behind. You're going to get rocked. <laughs> Sorry. You're going to take a beating in the natural, but as well in the spiritual. How can you go to a, to, to a battle without the sword and expect to fight back? It all, you can't pick and choose. Like when we go to the word, oh, I like this one, but I'm going to leave this one, pastor. Come on. Can I, can, can, is it okay if I leave the back end out? No, no, no. We got to take it as a whole. All right. Here it is. Therefore, again, put on the full armor of God. So when the devil, when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. Whose ground? Mine. Hey. <laughs> Who's ground? Who's ground? All right, awesome. And after you've done everything, look at this again. To stand. It's your, your, you got to show up. Because then he starts, verse 14, again. Stand. Four times in less than four verses. 
we need to be present. And it starts with Thursdays. It starts with Sundays. But let me tell you something, it doesn't end there. Two days out the week can't carry me with these devils chasing me. They can't carry me. And I love Thursdays and I love Sundays, but the only good thing I could give on these youth on Thursdays is what I spent all the other five days doing. Breaking night with a brother where we are falling asleep praying. Have you ever fallen asleep praying? Like, thank you, Father. And we pray for this. Let them not be conformed to, to the patterns of this world. All you don't think is real. Brothers had to stand up and walk around the walls a little few times. Like, because the anointing is brutal, right? All right, let's keep going. Holy Spirit. All right, here we is. Then we go. Let's go. Stand firm then. Again, the fourth time. Stand firm then. With the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition... So all this, take up the shield of faith, okay, which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of, okay. I'm going to leave 18. We're going to stay there because most people stop with the armor right there, all right. I'm going to give you two new pieces to your armor today. Tell the person next to you, let's get an upgrade. I'm about to stroll into that 60. I'm about to stroll into the 30, wherever you are. I don't care, but we're about to stroll into a new place in this place today. Amen? All right, so let's go. Let's break this down as, soon, as fast as I can, and not just to cut the word of God, but I have to. I have to give you this ending. Because there's a revelation that I fought hard and wrestled with myself because I know God wanted you to hear it. It wasn't even for me. It wasn't even for us. It's for our children. Don't miss that. That beginning, don't miss that. It's not about us. If Abraham would have went to his head that the Melchizedek blessed him, he would have never thought about Joseph being in Egypt, saving a whole nation. I had to repeat that. Because I'm telling you, it's your choices right here. The Lord says that he visits the iniquities to three to four generations. Yeah, there's blessings in there, but there's something else. And we're going to start taking them out in the name of Jesus. We're going to start pulling some roots up in this place in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Because I know my God. You know your God? You ready? You ready? I right, saw so the belt of truth. That's the first piece. All right, what do belts do? They hold everything together. Imagine today if I walked in here. All right, let's not imagine that. And I left my belt. Oh. <laughs> But think about it. You have a nice outfit on, and you don't have a belt. You're going to be walking around like this all day. How can you hold your shield? How can you hold your, your word? How can you hold your sword in the spirit? What does your belt do? It holds everything together. So here it is. It says in John chapter 8. I don't have it up there, but it says that the devil is the father of all lies. I like to wear my pants tight now. You know, it's a cool thing. And I like my buckle nice and firm. With every lie you believe, you take one buckle off. And it wasn't Thanksgiving dinner. 
I'm talking about every lie you believe, you start loosening this belt. Come on. What happened to the spirit of truth as the son and the daughter of the most high God? Keep that belt on tight. Amen. Now let's go. Look at this. It talks about the breastplate of righteousness. We got to keep that in place. What does this do? It covers the, the most deceiving, most sensitive thing. Our heart. It covers our heart. This right here, we don't serve God with our minds, right? Romans chapter 7 doesn't say that we serve God with, not with our heart, but we serve him with our mind. But I also heard when he rejected King Saul for his self-righteousness, thinking that everything he did was in his power, that he found a man. Come on. He found a man with a heart after his own. Here it is. Then King David gets anointed as king. Where's your heart? Have we allowed this heart to deceive us? Because let me tell you something. We're first a spirit, then a, then, a, then a body, then a soul. Spirit, body, soul. Your heart is connected to your soul. Where your will, your mind, and your emotions. You can find that in 1 Thessalonians 5. I might have put it in the wrong order, but I know you were a spirit first. <laughs> but just check it. Don't, don't, don't. Listen, you want all the verses? Come see me. I'll give you my number, and I'll send you some, all the verses. But this right here is connected to your soul. And that's where your mind, your will, and your emotions. Your emotions is connected to your what? Your flesh. And that's a, that, that is very tricky when we're led by the flesh. <laughs> so God said, I, was, I found a man after my own heart. And most of us is like, so how, how do I have a heart after, after God? How do, how do I do that? And the Apostle Paul, he, he made it very clear. He made it very clear. He was preaching about this. In the book of Acts chapter 13, he says, after he removed Saul, he made David their king. Because he would do anything he asked them to. You want a heart after your own, after, after, after God? Not my will, Father, but yours. Father, even if I don't understand, even when it gets hard, even when the storms come and this boat feels like it's about to sink, not my will, but yours. Have your way. Have your way. I don't care what it takes. Be careful saying that. Be careful saying that. I don't care what it takes because David didn't care what it took. He waited 30 years for what was happening in the spirit to manifest in the natural because it happens before it happens. Right now, your blessing's already there. It's just waiting for it to come to you. It's already there. So somebody say, it's already there. Here it is. The shoes of peace. Pastor, you got some nice white shoes. I like those, man. I like those. Right? And you had another choice to pick? Did you have another pair of shoes that you could have worn today? Right? But you chose those. And I chose these boots. They are right. They're not as cool as yours. But imagine you going to war with the wrong shoes. Pastor Tanya with, with her stiletto, however you call it, with her heels, going to war. I'm talking about the, we're looking at the natural because 
We're so, we're so deceived by these eyes, man. So this is what we can relate to. Imagine her trying to run a race in these beautiful suede shoes. I love suede. It would be, it would be not a good sight. So through, <laughs> it would not. So where do we get the shoes of peace? It says, it talks about it when Jesus Christ came preaching the gospel. It brought peace. It says, he told, he prepared his disciples throughout John 14, 15, 16. Then he declared that blessing of prayer over his life in John 17. He says, get ready. He was preparing them for his departure. And he told them, he says, get ready because you will have tribulations. You will have troubles. But in the midst of every problem, in the midst of all your troubles, you have the choice to which shoes you wear. You can walk and say, in the spirit today, I'm going to tighten these shoes up because I know what my father left me with. And he says, in the midst, he, if Philippians chapter 2 says, he says, be anxious about nothing, but through prayer and supplications at all times. That he will give you a peace that surpasses all understanding. And this is what I truly meant. I feel like uh, uh, sometimes we use this only about money. Where it says in Philippians chapter 13, oh, Philippians chapter 4 verse 13 where it says, I could do all things through Christ. Right? You want to build an empire. You want to go and help the You want to do it all. But we forget about verse 12. It says, I went a base or a bound. Then I could do all things. I've had a lot. I've had a little. I've had a lot of troubles. I have a lot of. Uh, uh, I haven't had much troubles, but I could do all things. You can you can put that wherever you want, but know that in the midst of it all, there's a peace that you have access to. Amen. Are you falling asleep on me? Come on, people. Can we give God a round of applause? Because I like I, I can't. I gotta give you some word. I got to give you some word here because our people perish. Hosea chapter 4 verse 6 says, because of the lack of knowledge. What good does it do if we come and we start uprooting all these things that we carry in? And you have no word to keep your deliverance. What good does it do when it's time for war and we don't know where to be at? And we don't know what, to, what weapons to use. All right? So here it is. And I'm going to keep going. The shield of faith. And just think about this. I had to read this. A shield, a piece of personal armor held in place which, which may or may not be strapped to a wrist or forearm. Shields are used to intercept specific attacks, whether from close range or projectiles such as arrows, as we talked about, the fiery arrows. But here's the problem. We think about this. This, this so far, and we forget about the close range attacks. The people that we expect not to harm us. The people we put all our trust into. And there's nothing more than you having a brother that's been there with you and fighting with you. That's an amazing thing. This is not the message. What I'm trying to tell you is you got to be careful. Not just from far weapons, not just from, 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 from things that you can see from people scheming around you, 
shield of faith. How can we have, where, where does faith come? By hearing the word of God. It talks about, read Hebrews chapter 11. The whole thing is 49 verses or something like that. It's an amazing chapter. It's going gonna, it's gonna to blow your mind. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 11 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, but the evidence of things not seen. Right? And then towards the end of the chapter, it continues to say that it's impossible to please God. <laughs> now I like it. <laughs> it's impossible to please God. Without faith, no, I'm just, I was just kidding. I was trying to make everybody wake up. Because I'm losing y'all. But it, please, stay there. Stay there. It's impossible for you to please God and do the things he has called you to do. Then he starts naming all the patriarchs of faith. And he talks about because of faith, Abel was able to bring a better offering than Cain. And because of faith, Abraham was, was able to wait that time for his son when he saw his woman, when he saw his wife without being able to deliver a baby. Then with, with, because of faith, the walls of Jericho came down. And he keeps going and he keeps going. He says, what else should I say? There's so much in there. And this is what blew my mind, that at the end of that chapter, it says that whatever God told you to, to do, that you, if you do it, it's not enough. It wasn't big enough. If God is calling you to do something and it doesn't scare you a little, and if God calls you to do something and you feel like you got there, let me tell you, let me check you, there's no finish line. We just go from glory to glory. So... We're never, like, we're always just going to get to another level. If, if what God calls you to do, you made it already, that was just a stepping stone. Start seeking, start praying. There's more. Amen? All right. I'm almost done. I'm almost done. No, no introduction. All right, sword of the spirit. Huh, can I get that Bible, the one I brought? It said the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. All right, I need everybody's attention because I'm about to drop a revelation on you. Okay? Sword of the Spirit. What would we fight with? With the Word of God. Do we know our Word? Right. We know our Word. Just say yes. Awesome. We've been training. We've been learning. We've been doing great things. But the church, not here. We're, we're, we're on, a, we're on a, 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 another path now. And like never before, we're, we're, we're uprising and we're going into a different dimension. But the body of Christ, overall, it's not in the best place it should be. And it took me to this. Now listen to this, okay? In the Garden of Gethsemane, the high priest comes to arrest Jesus. And the one himself that was with him, Peter, that the one that says, he asked Peter before all that, he says, Peter, who do people say that I am? You're the son of God. You're the son of God. It says, blessed are you, Peter, and upon this rock I shall build my church. Okay? Now, now here in the Garden of Gethsemane, he's here in the Garden of Gethsemane. Here comes the, here comes the guard to take Jesus. And Peter grabbed the sword and cut the ear of the high servant. I came to show you that, came to reveal that this was already what's happening now was being shown in the garden. When Peter, the church, removed, took the Bible, the sword, and cut the ear of the man off. But wait, it gets, it, it, did we, did we, you missed that. Here, I'm going to say that one more time. 
Peter, upon this rock, I shall build my, build my church. Okay? So now here's Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane about to get arrested, taken. A servant of the high priest comes. Peter withdraws the sword and cuts the ear off the man. And the ear fell into the dirt. And man is made where? Made out of dirt. And then the ear of the church has been in the flesh. We have, the body of Christ has damaged God's people. Has hurt, has removed the ear. It says, he who has an ear, let him hear what the... He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. So now here, Jesus tells, tells Peter, the church, he who lives by the sword, dies by the sword, goes into the dirt. This, five, this, this hand right here, when we see the hand in the Bible, it speaks about the fivefold ministry. Jesus grabs the ear. And puts it back on to the man. I want to prophesy to you today that the spirit of the living God is about to start uprising the fivefold ministry back into the church. That we're going to start seeing some apostles in this place. That we're going to start seeing some prophets again in this place. That we're going to start seeing some evangelists and teachers and pastors. Because without it, we will never be able to heal the body of Christ. Man, I hope y'all took that because that took a long time for me to. <laughs> Thank you, Holy Spirit. But here it is. It talks about the weapon, the sword, right? Even Jeremiah. This is just to, to add to it. This is Jeremiah 23, 23, verse 29. It says, is not my word like a fire, says the Lord? And like a hammer that breaks the rocks in pieces. He was speaking unto the false prophets. They were damaging. He was rejecting them. Letting them know. We need to stop allowing people feeding stuff in our ear. The body of Christ is about to raise some powerful. Powerful men of God and women of God. And all those people that have been hurt in the past. We're going to bring them back in. Amen. Amen. Here it is. All right, that's six. We can't stay there. Because for me, number six, we know what that means. Man was made on the sixth day. My armor is not, it's not fleshly. So we got to go to seven. And this is where the key is at. This is the seventh part of your armor. Don't leave it behind. I'm going to give you this key. There's two more. There's two more. We're staying strong, right? All right, so verse 18, there, Ephesians 6, verse 18, it says, And pray in the Spirit on all occasions, with all kind of prayers and requests. Have you ever, in your right mind, heard of any army going into a battle without a battle plan? I'm going to leave it right there. Get your battle plan. I don't care how good your armor is. I don't care how sharp your sword is. If you don't know where you're going or what you're doing or who you're fighting, you just wasted your time. 
Because through prayer is what gives you the victory. Because it happens before it happens. Can I unmask a spirit that's, that's killing the church? Can I unmask? Because the Lord given me 15 spirits for this year. Oh, and I'm going to give you one as extra credit for today. 15 spirits. That's a lot that's attacking the church. But here it is. And I need you to be attentive because have you ever felt like you go into your knees and you're, and you're here and you're praying and you, and you don't have the words. And, and, and it's just like, Lord, what is it? And, you, and you're distracted. Your phone rings. And you're just there and you're pushing and not, not one worship song helps. But it's so easy to, to just say, it's a spiritual slump. And I'm talking to the people right now who have been pushing. And I'm talking to the person that's about to become that person that pushes beyond. Okay? There's a spirit attacking our prayer life. There's a spirit attacking the passion of our worship. Where is it? First Old Testament, New Testament? It's in both. This is why we got to study. This is why it's so important. Y'all ready? Everybody ready? All right, look at this. Acts chapter 16. Stay, stay with me. I, I promise I'll be done in 10 minutes. All right, look at this. Now it happened. As we went to what? Prayer. All right, this is Apostle Paul. Sorry, I want to make sure I get you in contact. This is the Apostle Paul with his son Silas. They were on our way through Philippi, okay? And they encounter, they have an issue. Now we're talking about the man that spoke in tongues more than anybody, the man that had an encounter on Damascus Road with God, who was a prayer, who was a prayer warrior, who fasted. And look, watch this. Where were they going? It says, now it happened as we went to that a certain slave girl Possessed with a what? Of metas. And I'm going to read and I'm going to come back, Darren, so stay with me, please. All right? Who brought her masters much profit by fortune telling. This girl followed Paul and us and cried out saying, these men are the servants of the most high God. Who proclaimed to us the way of salvation. And this she did for many days. But Paul... What happened? He got really upset. Got annoyed. Where were they going to pray? He says, this, he got really annoyed. Turned around to her and said, the spirit. Said to who? He didn't speak to the flesh. He spoke to the, because it would have been real quick to, to, to give her one of those tate quietos, pull out your chancleta, right? Like, he pulled, he spoke to the, who we're fighting. Paul knew. Right? To the spirit. I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And what? And he came out that very hour. Now let's just go back. So we can just unravel this. So we can see. So it says now they were on their way to prayer. Let's skip down. A girl follow him. Uh, right here. It says as the, we went to prayer that a certain slave girl possessed with a spirit of divination. That's the spirit. Tell in the future, right? If you take that word divination, don't, any Greek scholars in here? Don't believe me? There's a strong vine concordance and dictionary. Go get it. It's 20 bucks, Amazon. You spend it on worse. Um, that 
that spirit, divination, translates to the Greek word pythos. 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 Say pythos. Where we get the word in English, python. So now let's replace that. That a certain slave girl possessed with a spirit of python. So now let's think about what a python does. How does he kill in the animal kingdom? Chokes is not the bite that kills. It takes the breath away. And if you ever seen a snake eat, it takes hours. So what happens is that little by little, we, we, we pray less. Little by little, we don't have the words anymore. Little by little, the passion has been squeezed out of our lives. But it's a spiritual slum. Oh, it's just, it's just, I, I, I'm tired. I came to unmask this spirit. And I could spend another two and a half hours talking about pythos, but I want you to just have a surface about it. To know you're fighting. You're fighting. If the Apostle Paul, oh my God, fought a spirit of pythos, the spirit of Python was fighting him. A man of God that was on his will, building churches, moving, was having issues in prayer. What makes us think that we don't have issues? I started reading about this, man, and let me tell you, thank God for my wife. Because that thing was strapping around my neck. I even had a dream about it. I woke up and I said, and I started rebuking. Things started attacking me. And let me tell you something. Things can't touch you. It didn't touch me. I had a dream about it. And if there's things grabbing onto you, we need help. They can't harm you. They could taunt you. The Lord says, I've given you all power and authority. You could trample, and it's under your feet. Nothing can harm you. Luke 10, 19. It, it, it's not exactly how I said it, but go get it. Luke 10, 19, I have given you all power and authority. I come to unmask the spirit because the body of Christ is not going to get anywhere if we lay down our weapon of prayer. I hope that bless you. And, this, and as we move, I want you to see this. I want you to see this as we move into the next level. As when you start stepping in, if it's 30 for you, if it's 60, if you're in 100. Look at, look what happens when the body of Christ starts praying. Verse 20, we're going to jump, 25. Now here, they get arrested. The Apostle Paul and Silas get arrested because they had given her power over that. They given the spirit power in that region. And he took it back. Right, he took it back. That's the power I want you to walk away with. You have the power to take it back. Right? They got put in jail. And look what happens. At midnight, Paul and Saul, Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, oh, suddenly, there was a great earthquake. So that the foundations of the prisons were shaken and immediately 
all the doors were open and everyone's chains were loose. Can we get back to our prayer life and start breaking some chains? Can we start getting some, some, some doors open for our families? Can we start breaking through? Can we start praying? Do I have a church that wants to pray, that says, I'm gonna fight for my country. I'm gonna fight for my house. I'm gonna fight for my children. Oh, Jesus, thank you, Father. And I'm closing with this. Y'all can stay standing. I'm going to give this one real quick to y'all. Isaiah 59, 17. This is the eighth piece. All right? We, the body of Christ has stopped at six. Where that has gotten us? This is the eighth piece to your armor. This is the prophet Isaiah prophesying about the Lord Jesus Christ coming in as the captain of our host. And if you ask me, like Miles Marone said, like Miles Moreau says, I'd rather an army of sheep led by a lion than an army of lion led by one sheep. So here, the lion of the tribe of Judah comes with his armor on. And he says he put on the, right, the righteousness as his breastplate and the helmet of salvation on his head. He put on the garment of vengeance. The Lord is your vindicator, I tell you today. The Lord is your vindicator. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. He came to give you life and life in abundance. But here's the key. Here's verse 8 for you. And he says that the Lord came wrapped himself in a zeal. That's his cloak. There's nothing worse than a person without passion. There's nothing worse for a person that has nothing to fight for. Have you ever seen somebody who just, I'm just trying to get through this day. I just, I just want to get through this week. That has nothing, that there's no passion, that there's no fire. I want to make sure that we wrap ourselves with the zeal of the Lord. A burning desire got to eat us up inside. From here, right here, through here, through our whole minds and bodies, soul, spirit, everything. Everything that we do has to be to please him. Father, I declare that the zeal of the God, of our God, may fall upon your people. In Jesus' mighty name. Father, thank you for this word. Thank you, my God. I, I declare, my God, that we will be armed soldiers, that we will be a place, a place of armed soldiers, my God, ready to take our fight, ready, my God, when the world, when, when the troubles of this world, of this world come, that we have our swords in our hand, my God, and that we will be sharpened, that we will sharpen each other. I see irons sharpening iron. Show, grab onto your sister, grab onto your brother, and say, let's fight. For the person who's here for the first time to say, who is this man screaming? I want to let you know that, that Jesus came. He came so you can have life in abundance. A divine, a divine son wrapped himself in flesh, came and took the cross for your behalf. I don't know what that cross is for you today. I don't know if that cross is drugs. I don't know if that cross is lying. I don't know what that cross is. 
but there's a, there's, a, there's a captain waiting for you to be enlisted. He says, come to me, my son. Come to me, my daughter. And let's just fight this war together. So if that's you in this place, if you never received, if you never received Christ as your Savior, just pop your hand. I'm going to keep my eyes closed because we all need him. Father God, in the name of Jesus, it says that if we, if we believe in our hearts, confess with our mouth that Jesus Christ came and died for us and rose on the third day, that we will be saved. Father, we confess our sins. Confess your sins to your Father. Have a moment with your God. This is not, this is not complicated. Confess. Believe. Believe that he died for you. Believe. Believe that he's on your side. Believe. Believe that nothing can harm you. Father, thank you. Thank you, thank you for that person who prayed that prayer right now, Father. Because your word says, my God, that there's a party in heaven going down right now. I want to speak to you. There's a party. Whoever it was, whoever, if it was, if it was you, if it was, if it was your first time, or if it was you coming back, there's a party. There was a party in heaven. Your father's rejoicing. Your father's rejoicing. And he says, Welcome back, son. Welcome back, son. Welcome back, daughter. Welcome back. No guilt, no condemnation, no shame. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. When we did our 10 year anniversary, the Lord brought a prophetic word. He says, if you become the place, I'll give you the place. And we all know that our father prophesies in parts. And today I come to prophesy. And this is what the Lord gave me. And, and, and I caught it the same day, Pastor. That voice. And I fought with it and I fought with it. But here it is. It says, to become the place, we have to get out of the place. And let's speak the same language because we're thinking about this place here. To become the place, we have to get out of the place. And when, when, when I say that, listen carefully because we can, you can miss the language. The Lord said when the temple, when he spoke about temples, rooms, houses, inside of us, he was talking about us. There's rooms inside of us. That yet have been surrendered. We need to go with armed soldiers and start cleaning that house. Our mess is too big for this altar. God deliverance can break out throughout this whole block. Not here, this whole block. But we won't surrender here. And why, why do I say that? There's a place in your heart, in your temple, where there's that baby you. That was rejected. That was abandoned. There's a place in our hearts of that man who hurt you, who left you, who forsook you. There was a place in that heart where you were damaged as a child, abused. There's a place in that heart. In your heart, there's unforgiveness and bitterness. There's a place. There's a place. And for us to become the place, we have to get out of the place. So I just want, I want us to pray. Can we pray? If you need prayer, can I have all the leaders come? I just want to pray. Can we pray for our people today? So if you need prayer, if you feel like something's holding you down in your prayer life, in your zeal, if you feel like there's a room not surrendered yet, the altar's open. We want to pray for you. This is the time. 
The Lord wants to free you. There's freedom. I want to tell you this last thing. If nobody wants to come, that's okay. I'll pray and, I'll, and we'll go by our way. I'm okay with that. There was a place where I had a lot of unforgiveness in my heart. There was a place I had a lot of unforgiveness. That doesn't mean I was not, not saved. There was a place that I was not completely surrendered unto God. When God comes in, right, when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we start the cleaning process. So I tell you today, deliverance doesn't end at the cross. It starts at the cross. There's some rooms we got to clean out. There's some rooms untouched. And if you want to be free, if you want to step into another realm with, the, with our God, it's time. It's open. We're going to start becoming a place to get people out of the place. In Jesus' mighty name. If I have all the leaders, please come and pray. Honey, uh, I want you to pray for me. Father, thank you, my God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. May you, may you, may you continue to move in this place, my God. Saturate, saturate this atmosphere, Father. And Father, I declare, my God, a saturation of your love. Saturate this atmosphere, my God, with your peace. Saturate this atmosphere with your joy. With your joy, my God. Father, I see people, my God, that feel rejected, my God. I've seen people, Father, I feel it, my God. I see a spirit of suicide that's trying to move through this place. But I, I speak unto you, Spirit. I speak unto you, Spirit. I tell you to come out in Jesus' name. You have no more control over our people, enemy. Father, continue to move. Continue to move. Continue to free. Continue to break chains, Lord. Continue to break chains. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. Father, I thank you. Father.